0: Mossy way. Violations. Oh, 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 oh. Hey, come on. Did
1: you find it? Yeah. Don't play with it, don't play with it, don't play with it. Don't play with it. on the
0: what's going on everybody it's your boy Jordan
1: and this is Desmond
0: and welcome to episode 167 of two black nerds yeah right it's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and hot takes on all things fandom pop culture and entertainment as always you can find two black nerds wherever you get your podcasts please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a friendly rating and comment to show your support and of course join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on twitter instagram and tiktok at two black nerds we appreciate that love y'all and let's not forget to mention we have merchandise that's available now at twoblacknerds.com go check out our two black nerds forever collection inspired by black panther wakanda forever we got t-shirts crew hoodies, hoodie stickers mugs and tote bags So go ahead and place those orders right now. On today's show, we'll be reviewing the new mystery thriller film, Missing. Also, we'll discuss the Netflix miniseries, Kaleidoscope. Plus, we'll talk about a few news items, including Netflix's 2023 film preview and the latest trailers for Scream 6 and Season 2 of Invincible. But before we get to any and all of that, we're kicking off this week's podcast with a review and recap of this week's episode of The Last of Us on HBO, which of course we started off with last week, recapping that series premiere and providing our Overall thoughts about everything that we saw. Again, as we noted last week, this is a series that was highly anticipated by you and I in particular because we are fans of the video game and fans of the video game worldwide were very eager to see what that premiere episode was going to look like. And I would just have to say, it seemed to be a success across the board. We saw a lot of the early reviews, which Pretty much praised the entire season for being so faithful to the game, but also making really smart adjustments and adaptations for the small screen. But now we actually have some raw numbers, and it looks like that this show it's just by far and away a huge, huge success. And before we talk about our thoughts on this week's episode, I just quickly want to, you know, sort of discuss that and just discuss the success that they've had in the past week. So that premiere episode on the premiere night drew 4.7 million viewers, and it's the second Mm. most watched premiere for an HBO original series since Boardwalk Empire. So that's like 13 years that it had the second most watched viewership only behind House of the Dragon, which premiered in the middle of last year also after just two days episode one the series premiere did garner more than 10 million views and now we just got numbers right before starting this show that episode two received 5.7 million viewers across hbo and hbo max which represents a 22 percent increase from last week and it marks the largest week to audience growth for an hbo original drama series in, it, in its entire history, they've never had such a big jump from week to week for for one of their original series to be, to be such a large number. But not only wow. is the show having tremendous success, we're also seeing the video game have a lot of success as well. And video ga- game sales have risen for The Last of mm-hmm. Us. So the part one re-release that was dropped on the PS5 this past fall that's jumped up 238% in sales over in the UK and then the remastered version which is available on the PS4 and also available on the PS5 that rose 322% in the UK. So just across the board both the game <laughs> and the series are just having really remarkable success right now. Are you at all surprised by this? What do these numbers signal to you and just, you know, what's your overall outlook at it, how this is performing right now?
1: Oh, I'm not surprised. One bit, I don't think, you know, I remember when even Last of Us Part 2 was coming out. I remember it actually surpassing, I think, God of War at the time for like the fastest selling PlayStation exclusive. I think it was PS4 at the time um, when it when it came out. And it was like, well, <laughs> uh, I, I I can see why. But man, this game is just obviously and clearly, I think, a forced to be reckoned with man and and you know we've talked about so much about the the progression of games and in 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 how the last of us is part of the reason so easy to adapt because it's video games are now playable moves and things like that, man. So I can see how they would complement each other, right? How the show would complement the game and the game would complement the show as they both continue to rise um, over time, man. I can only imagine the people who were holding off on that first episode because they just didn't know how to feel yet. They heard the word of mouth from that first episode and couldn't help themselves, right? Went back, went into it, watched that first episode, caught up with the second and and, and here they are with this rise in numbers, man. so uh, I'm not surprised at all. I think there's, there's, shoot, there's probably even more room for both to grow. Um, and, and it's interesting that the, that the UK I think is, is, is the sales that that's growing, um, the most here. I think, I don't that's, That's something I would like to explore. Why exactly, is it the UK in particular that's getting um these, these the numbers like this? But man, in, in terms of the popularity of The Last of Us, the show that we've seen so far, the the way they're complimenting each other is just no surprise at all. And so I I can't wait to see what it continues to do.
0: I gotta say, I'm a little taken aback just by the, the the large amount of the numbers. I mean, 10 million viewers in two days for that series premiere, that's that's not small at all. That That's a mm-hmm. really, really huge number, especially for something that's on, you know, premium cable network, but also on streaming as well. And yes, we know the video game is super successful, but that doesn't always translate in terms of viewership that'll t- turn up for a movie or a TV series. But it's just clear and indicative to me that... HBO's move to release all of the episodes to critics early to allow for that word of mouth to get out and spread Mm -hmm. in the way that it did over the past few weeks was brilliant because they made all nine episodes available to critics early. And that just shows a huge sign of confidence on their part that they had something really special on their hands because you don't want you don't want to send out an entire season's worth of work and then it get hammered because now you've lost Mm. whatever potential audience you would gain. So they knew that they had something that was going to be really special. And not only that, once that word of mouth did get out, it just further increased over time. And of course, once us as viewers just got a chance to look at it that that also created this this really huge you know sort of momentum shift in terms of how many people were going to watch it in the second and third day and then now coming into week 2 to see the viewership has only increased is just it's phenomenal it's it's really nothing to be to be sneezed at and it just goes to show that people are trying to play the game simultaneously with watching the show which I'm sure is like a really a really cool experiment i would love to know From the creators on YouTube who upload the cutscenes from these video Mm -hmm. games. I want to know if their their YouTube channel viewership shot up because it probably did for people who might not Most be likely. gamers and they they want to just see mm-hmm. the cutscenes, the cinematic version of it. I'm sure that they saw an increase in traffic as well. So it just represents just across the board. You know, they, what, what's the saying? A rising tide raises all ships. That That's exactly what this is. The, the show is doing well, which means every other medium can do well in addition to that. But let's get into the episode to talk about it um, before we do spoilers and dive into the deep specifics of everything that happened this week just want to start off with your general big picture thoughts especially after you know really that 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 firing shot from the opening series premiere last week which was so impactful and i, I know we both praised it what overall did you think about this follow-up episode and see in episode two
1: man i love how um they they also continued to give us another uh, a context at the beginning of this episode i really am enjoying these these openings to these episodes so i was really glad uh, to see, yeah, them continue with it in this episode, man. I think this this episode shows us that they're not here to mess around with 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 this TV show at all. There is a sense of urgency that the world of The Last of Us has, and I uh, in 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 making a game into a TV show, a lot of people I think expect there to be I think a little bit more patience. Like, oh, we can. In some ways, it's the other way around because a video game you get what 20 hours technically if we know there's going to be what eight episodes of this nine. that mean nine episodes of this that's like nine hours you know if you round it to nine hours and so i think that sense of urgency is 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 very important not only because you have a story to tell but because uh that's that's how it feels when you're playing the game too you know what i'm saying like there's things that you can do in the game that you have to do in the game that you don't you know have to do on the tv show and so i love that they're giving it this TV, the, the TV show, the push that it needs um, in order to feel like there, there's some stuff that needs to go down. And so I feel like I have I feel like every episode something's going to go down. Like that's how Last of Us works. That's how the game worked. And I feel like that's how this TV show is working. And so I, 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 I have to give them praise, I think, just for the second episode. And them saying, no, we have things to do and we're going to do them and we're going to get through them. And they do. They get through them very much so, man. It it ends how I thought it would end. Things happen in it that I thought would happen in it, um, and 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 I'm very glad of everything that went down. I have to play praise, uh, on uh, a tour of man for the performance she had in this episode. She killed it. She came in and did what she had to do. Um, and I'm very glad that they they picked her as Tess, man. It's is I couldn't have really asked asked for anybody else at this point because she she did an amazing job. But it 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 made an it made it amazing, one two punch, I think, in terms of episodes go, man. And I'm 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 glad where we are. I think they're doing a tremendous job.
0: Yeah, I gotta say I love this episode. It was incredible overall. They kept me increasingly excited about everything that's gonna be coming in the future. But this is just a great follow up to really get us firmly comfortable with these characters that we're going to be following for the next few weeks as well, further raising the stakes of the story and of course introducing some really really important elements that we saw in the games now come over and be translated into live action which was just expertly done. We've been waiting on the infected, we've been waiting on clickers, things of that nature and when you finally see what these things look like writ large on your television screen, it's like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, they nailed that look. They nailed the the environments, they nailed the production design, everything that you just can recall back to what we saw in the video game and then bringing that to life in in this TV series was just was just amazing to see and I think that this is just overall so far these these two episodes are a masterclass in what an adaptation can really look like because there is a huge fan base for this for this property for this IP that you want to make sure you're paying tribute to that you that you make sure that you can satisfy but there's a horde of new fans probably more new fans that haven't played the video game if we're being honest mm-hmm. I think the majority of right. people watching this Haven't been exposed to that and you have to appeal to them as well. And so when we look at these things that they did to make some changes and substitute some things and and create some some additions to what we've already known and learned in the video game, I have no I have no criticisms about it. It all makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's perfectly translated. It works well for the story that they are telling in this show, because it will be slightly different than what we're used to. And I think overall, this this is how an adaptation should work. This is this is how you stay faithful, yet still give us something that feels completely new at the same time. So I'm just overall still astounded by the work that's being done here. Really, really impressive stuff across the board. But with that being said, let's get into the specifics of this week and talk about spoilers. So if you haven't caught up with episode two of The Last of Us, this is your official spoiler warning. Go watch the episode and come back and listen to the rest of our conversation. And I do want to start off with that opening prologue because this is now the second week in a row we have got a cold open which is not a part of the video game at all but what it is doing is expanding the world of this story that's being told here and I think Mm -hmm. what is working so well about these things is the fact that yes in the first episode it gives us this really foreboding sense of tension as does this one but. It takes it to a global scale. We go to Jakarta in Indonesia and we see basically the impetus and and the origin point for where this this fungus and this pandemic is going to start. And it's a couple of days before outbreak day happens, which we witnessed last week. What did you think about just seeing this professor be this expert, learning about the the spread of this of this virus Mm -hmm. that's that's essentially going to wipe out so much of humanity and overall what her reaction was to it, which was probably even more chilling?
1: Yeah, there's like a level of. Last of Us always had this thing where it always felt like. The military versus the people on the ground all the time, right? Oh, same way that the, res- it's something that kind of feels like Resident Evil-ish sometimes, how it always feels like the people versus the Umbrella Corporation. And and we come into the beginning of this episode, and as soon as she gets picked up by the military, you could tell she feels like, like did I do something wrong? You know what I mean? Like, what what's going on here? But turns out, you know, they need her to study this woman that got bit at this factory. Um, and just the level of detail here, I think, is so tremendous, man. The the way she has to go into this room and and look at this body and make a cut into the bite, and it's it's like, what is going on? And then you see the cordyceps coming out of the mouth of this you know individual. It's just really scary stuff, bro. To to be honest, the scariest thing so far in the show for me is the little stringy things that comes out of people's mouths, cause it is it's weird, man. It's like a phobia of like something looking like that coming out of a person. It looks so good and so well done, but it's, it's also so scary to think that any kind of fungi could look like that and could potentially, you know, um, um, we do see it later on in the episode too. So I thought that was important that they kind of open with something like that. And in some ways it kind of closed with something like that. So I thought that was interesting too. But also I think makes this so important is like you said, it doesn't it ties into what happened in the first episode so well, how, you know, we realized that Sarah and Joel almost got infected numerous times because of the flour <laughs> that they were using or they were about to use. She, uh, uh, Joel didn't end up getting the cake. There were the neighbors are making cookies one day and Sarah was like, ah, I don't want one of those. Like, I love little details like that to where we're just seeing, you know, kind of these things go back and forth. Um, of of what you know could have been, but but what never ended up happening, man, man. The the face the, that she makes is like it's it's crazy. As 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 someone who is you know the, a mycologist, right, who studies fungi, and she's like, there is no hope. Bomb everything. Like <laughs> there, I don't, What are you what are you saying to me right now? There is no cure. The face that she makes, it was ten out of ten to be honest. It, I th- I thought it was some tremendous acting um i thought it was very well done it's it scared me like i knew what was going down but like to be able to see the fear in somebody somebody someone's eyes like that she was shaking she couldn't drink her tea she had to put the cup on the table i thought it was it was really it was really well done it was really scary i think to see somebody have that much fear in their hearts and she was like just take me home to my family because i can't do this type thing so it was it was really good man
0: This is why you hire Craig Mazin, who is so just expertly gifted at doing stuff like this. We saw a lot of this in Chernobyl, just the the side effects or the reactions of people to just the horrific things that they're watching unfold and the information that they're getting. And you can see somebody process that, especially an expert in their field. And that just becomes so horrific as an audience to watch that because We've now trusted this person to be a leading expert, to to have all of the, the knowledge of information. And when they when they essentially have no hope in their eyes, that that gives us no reason to have any hope either. And to see her reaction to everything, it's like, yeah, this is pretty much over. You have to bomb this city. And then ultimately, we find out later that that bombing, which is what they did do, doesn't even work. Like it only worked for some cities that they mm-hmm. bombed. But this was such a. Fast growing pandemic and this infection was spreading so rapidly that the bombing essentially was was ill-advised at best. You know, that was kind of the, the the last resort in which they would try to contain the spread, but it didn't really do anything. But this is this is where a medium like television just excels. You, you can't really have these moments in a video game. A video game is all about being in the point of view of whoever the main central character is. And you don't really have those opportunities to go and watch another character and what they're doing. We couldn't go to Jakarta in the video game and witness like mm-hmm. what an expert would say. I mean, maybe they could have included a cut scene. But again, I think that this is why you hire somebody like a Craig Mazin to come in and bring this new perspective to say, let's let's globalize this. Let's really show like this is a worldwide thing already. And it, it's happening super, super fast. We can't even prepare for it because this, this person has already said like, 14 people in a in a in a bread factory essentially which is like the perfect place for something like this to spread like she's like yeah it's it's already kind of over we, we we've sailed way beyond the point of trying to contain this we have to do something that is almost unthinkable at this point and it's just, it's just so scary to realize that and we know ultimately that that is mm-hmm. what they did do they they had to basically resort towards almost human extinction to to make sure that they can contain this as much as possible but i do want to get into also just the fact that this show, not just from a story perspective, but also from a visual aesthetic perspective, is is really, really faithful to everything we saw in the video games as well. Last mm-hmm. week, we talked a lot about the zombie influence on The Last of Us as a video game, but of course, this television series and just the landscape of where that is in popular culture right now. But equally as important to the zombie landscape is the fact that this is... A post-apocalyptic story it's taking place 20 years after outbreak day occurred and so we see basically the last remnants of human civilization and they are on their heels it's it, it seeming it, it seems like we're going to be wiped out very soon because this infection is just It continues to grow and it continues to consume every city and every person that it comes across. But in this episode, we get outside. We get within the city. We can see all of the cars stacked up on the freeway. We see how nature has really overtaken civilization. Nature has grown into the buildings, the greenery. Everything is just really overtaking the environment. And I just got to shout out that the production crew here is just doing some really incredible work. You can tell HBO spent a lot of money on this show. I think I even read a report (laughs) in the past week that... This this one season cost more money than the first five seasons of Game of Thrones combined. Now, it's, wow. it's more than that total budget. And we know Game of Thrones eventually got a really, really huge budget budget as it progressed. But that just goes to show the bet that they're placing on this. And, and I think it reflects in what we saw in this episode, because we did go to so many different environments. What did you think about just, you know, sort of the translated look of how things appeared here versus how we're you know sort of typically used to seeing them in the video game?
1: What a tremendous job I think being done by the production team here, man. It's one thing, I think to to I think uh, adapt the way something looks, but it's another thing. I feel like they're excelling at it currently right now, man. It looks so good. There's it's, it's it's not to take away from any video game production designers like that, but it's a different I think beast to tackle when you not only have to emulate something but then shoot it on a big screen, you know what I mean, to make it look the way they make it look is I think is very impressive. The coloring of everything here is so beautiful. You know, and the the greenery, the greens look good. Again, this it's something they of course do in a video game, but to make it translate to TV is, it's just really something else. And they're, they're, they're doing such a good job here. I'm, 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 I'm very curious. I can't wait to see like a documentary. I think that completes, you know, what, what, How they went in to do some of these things of course at the end of this episode we do get something um into the the clickers that we see later in this episode but we they don't really tell us so much about how they decided you know to to copy and paste or design what it will look like so i actually can't wait to see some of that stuff come to the forefront and see um how they got there and what their production designers what process they went through um to to bring some of this stuff to life man it really does look gorgeous in a lot of different ways especially when we do get um i think to the hotel and you're like okay this looks crazy like you know there, it, there is a, still a limitation of video games as amazing as they are now is the, the way things look now we get to see them in live action and see I don't know the 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 realism of some things, and it just looks is yeah it just looks good, man. The color grading's good. The the way the water even looked in the hotel was good. It was like a perfect kind of green <laughs> that I can't really explain. I was like, but no, this looks fire. Like it, they're they're really putting everything I think into the little details, and I think it's what is going to make this such a special adaptation. At the end of the day, man, is that they care. The amount of care is there. Um, and 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 I really love to see it. So yeah, can't wait to see. What we know, some more crazy set pieces down the line, some more things that Last of Us has to do, but I can't wait to see what some of those things look like as well.
0: Yeah, the technical wizardry is just—it's kind of off the charts, you know, especially from from a TV production, which we. I think we're kind of used to now at this at this point in time TV series having bigger budgets. They they are sort of akin to a lot of big budget movies mm-hmm. these days when you look at the Star Wars series or the Marvel series. But we, we can't take this for granted that we're just getting this on a weekly basis, something that looks this spectacular on the small screen. And and as you said, you have to take it a step further than what we saw in a video game because these actors have to walk in these environments. They have to mm-hmm. play off of these things and the combination of practical stuff that they're doing versus the visual effects stuff that they're doing it's just it's it's really awe-inspiring I, I would love to see you know the behind the scenes you know of the visual effects team how did they make this decision exactly. what influenced that and like you say, what did they pick up directly from the game but how do you also enhance it to make sure that it does look as well as it can on on a television screen this week's episode is entitled infected which is, is it's so aptly titled a lot of the prologue really sort of set that up but one of the big focuses, I think, that happened this week is sort of establishing the rules of what it means to be infected in this world, which, again, if you've not played the video game, it is a little bit different here. They made some changes and made some mm-hmm. some some quick distinctions as, as to who's infected, how they communicate, how these things really work. And we also got the introduction of the clickers in this episode, too. Now, in last week's episode, we talked about the removal of spores which in the game was sort of the airborne element that was one of the ways that a person could be affected if they breathed in enough spores that could ultimately infect their immune system and they would become infected they Mm -hmm. took that out of the show and it appears that they didn't necessarily do it because of maybe an actor choice to keep their faces on screen but i think that they made a substitution here which i gotta say for me is more frightening And, and it's the fact that the cordyceps and how they communicate with all infected is one of those scientific explanations in which, you know, if you if you wake up a cordyceps, you know, in one location, the bacteria and the chemical nature of them can speak to another cordyceps, you know, maybe a mile away. It can mm-hmm. really communicate on those types of long distances, meaning if they're if they're infected, you know, a certain amount of people in one location. You make enough noise, then you're going to wake up another zombie horde elsewhere, you know, way down the line that you certainly didn't, didn't anticipate. And when they introduced that element in the, in the middle of the episode, but then paid it off in the end... I couldn't have saw that coming. I couldn't have saw that as a, as a way that they would have really expanded upon the lure of what we know about these infected. But how did you react to, to seeing that moment, especially towards the end of this episode, where it's like, yeah, Joel shot an infected person just to protect themselves in the moment. But that created probably the worst repercussion possible and woke up maybe like 300 other infected people who were, you know, maybe hundreds of feet away from from the museum at that point.
1: Yeah, it feels like they're doubling down. On the environment of it all, on the the way things work of it all, the science of it all, man. They br- they're bringing in scientists into this show now for episode one. we bring in scientists. And being in episode two now, they're bringing they show us this this, this 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 scientist who's who's talking about fungi. And now they're like, okay, how do we connect this even more so into the struggle that we're going through with these characters? And and they they make this this small change. I don't even know if I can consider it small because, in some ways, it's nuts. We've never heard of anything like this in 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 any um, um, quote unquote zombie kind of material. You know, this is a very new thing. That's really cool, though, um, and it also connects to it. It even expands on the way clickers work. Right? We know clickers work off echolocation. That's why they click. You know what I'm saying? That's how. And now it's like you're telling me the environment is similar to that the fungi that exists on the earth is very similar to that where you could touch one small particle and a freaking you know vine or something that's sitting on the ground and a whole nother horde might come your way it is crazy that that they decided to go with this but it also makes a ton of sense but more than anything I can't wait to see how many other ways that they use this like of course they use using it in this episode with with Tess and I was like oh yeah this is crazy I don't Joel <laughs> I don't know what y'all gonna do about this like later on down the line but it's it's it, I think it made it also made sense because as soon as they come out come out of the QZ into the real world Ellie is like okay but this is kind of empty like we thought people were swarming you know what I mean we thought the streets were crazy but now it's like you bar- you can barely step anywhere you can barely touch anything you can barely Move around the way you want to move, or else you know it's 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 a whole nother ball game of infected knocking at your door. And I I really do love that change, man. I think it's 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 a it's a win across the board because it, it again just gives them something else uh to mess with down the line. I Also, kind of like the idea that if if part of this being in uh this outbreak is environmental, is us not taking care of the earth? Is or are these people not taking care of the earth now? You can't really walk the earth for free, you know what I mean? Now there's a problem. Now the earth is kind of fighting back, and I really love that idea too, um, as a theme. So I, I I think it's a it's a great job across the board.
0: Yeah, I think overall it makes that connection between human and nature all the more apparent. Which a piece of that is in the game, but they're really really honing in on that with this show because this is this is essentially like a mushroom network. Mushrooms in real life they they utilize tendrils and 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 networks to communicate with each other but but now we're seeing it here with these infected like literally the tendrils as you said they're just so frightening because they can creep and crawl into any crevice anywhere Mm -hmm. under your fingernail behind your eye socket within the ground as tess said through the wiring of 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 things that we see under the ground through you know through tree vines anything essentially like it's Mm -hmm. it's pretty much (laughs) it's pretty much no limit to it which is almost (laughs) not fair i mean if this was in the video game it might be the hardest video game ever because like you said you could just (laughs) lift a foot and you're going to wake up somebody and so in this show the way that they'll continue to to utilize this will be interesting to see how much more of a of an obstacle it'll become Mm -hmm. but i think again that 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 combination and that connection between man and nature and the fact that these infected people i guess we can call them people still maybe are just so connected to each other it's not really just about the individual anymore they speak to Mm -hmm. each other in in a language that we can't even communicate with and i think a lot of that was seen in that final shot before tess ultimately did demise in this episode but just really really fascinating stuff and again i think it it really makes it a lot more frightening um the Clickers was was the big piece of this. I think the big central focus of this episode. There was an entire set piece was which introduced us to the clickers. We have seen infected already, obviously, even without break day. But we know that these these creatures, they, they eventually advance, you know, and if you become a clicker, well, you've been affected for quite some time, probably years at that point, because you've been able to just walk around. But this infection has spread so far throughout your brain that it's also expanding outside of your skin it's taken over their eyes and it's now it's 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 basically become like a mushroom flower that sits on top of their face and so we know that they can't see technically but their their hearing abilities are far advanced and so we get that entire piece in the middle of this episode in which Joel Ellie and Tess have to fight for their lives within this museum and not make a sound and it was absolutely frightening and it definitely replicated one of those big sequences in the video game
1: where Mm -hmm. we first
0: came across the clickers but I think what they did a lot here was build up that tension and and really, really hone in on the idea that, man, you don't want to fuck with these because they might not be able to see you, but they are ravenous. They run, they flail their arms around, you know, they're they're pretty much unstoppable. And it's even harder to kill them with bullets because of that protection that they have outside of their faces. So it becomes a big, big obstacle. What did you think about just that whole sequence and how much tension was really behind everything that was happening in that moment?
1: Man, you know one of the things I really like about clickers um I think is how fast they are. Uh uh you know you compare a little bit to the walking dead and see how like the zombies kind of remain the same, you know, throughout throughout the series. But it is things like clickers I think that keep it that keep people on their toes. Yes, of course they can't See you, but it's, you know how hard it is not to make a sound? Like, Joel stepped on like a piece of glass and that was it. <laughs> it was Ellie like, he breathed
0: smallest. and that's what, like, Ellie kicked everything breathed.
1: off. Like, what is going on here? Like, and they will sprint. I've only seen <laughs> a couple, like, Faster, zo- faster zombies, right? And I am legend. Technically, they're vampires, right? But yeah. they're fast as hell. Like uh, World War Z, of course. Those are crackhead zombies. And then like uh, <laughs> Dawn of the Dead. I don't know what's up with them zombies. Them zombies be sprinting. But those are like you know some examples of of zombies that are just really fast. But clickers are. They're like they're so treacherous, man. Like they're I've never seen. To me, they feel like the 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 kind of the kind of infected or the kind of zombie that just wants to bite your face off like it's just I have, I've never seen them anything quite like that I think um but there's it's 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 really what makes them so scary the way they look man the way they sound is crazy you, I don't think you can you can replicate it man but they do such a good job of bringing that to the real world here man and I think that in itself the way they look and the way they the way they sound the way they click is is such a good way to to build up tension i think in moments like that man especially a lot of us who did play the game are like oh shoot <laughs> what's about to go down what's happening um it's it's anybody can die at any time anybody can catch an l at any time again as we see test gets got you know like it, it just happens and that's how easy that it can happen shoot ellie gets bit you know what I'm saying? If, of Obviously, we know, you know, at this point that she's immune. But Ella gets bit. It's like, dang, You tell me out of that whole ordeal, two people got bit. We kind of really didn't see it. You know what I'm saying? It happened that fast and that quick. These, these these infected are not a game. These are not this is not a game. So I think they do such a good job of not only, again, showing us how how scary it is, but really in, in a lot of ways, giving us some rules here, showing us. Joel push over a statue to make sure the clickers can hear and run in a different direction, showing us that um, you know, the, Joel, Joel missed. It, was, it felt like the video game the boy the man missed the headshot like it happens <laughs> i could relate absolutely him <laughs> missing the headshot it happens and sometimes you, you might have to pay you know he got and got into a whole scuffle with the clicker because of that but i think again overall man it's just it's 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 good tension because of the way that they built these creatures i think um and the way that they they made this game that you have to sneak around and listen it's like dang you you really can't make a mistake or else that's it for you so it's 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 scary man they build a scary world and i like it
0: yeah even the build-up before seeing the clickers was was frightening because you get the shot of that guy who had been attacked and Ellie and Joel and Tess are looking at him like that couldn't have been infected that did that. This this looks mm-hmm. way way worse. And us who played the video game, we're like, yeah, we know it's worse because the clickers behind this are just ridiculously strong and savage. And you know, like you said, they are they are looking to really end you in 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 a moment's notice. And then the walk up the steps and you just see the the fungal virus that spread and it's it's taken over the walls of the museum and you can see the the human heads that are a part of it i mean again just the production design i'm like this shit is so scary like if you saw this in real life Just really think about how fucking terrifying that would be (laughs) to see something like that that just spreads and they connect and everything becomes Mm -hmm. one. It's like it's like roots Mm -hmm. of a tree. And then ultimately we get the shot of the infected. And what's always been crazy about the clickers, even in the game, the design of them yes it's terrifying but it's also like weirdly beautiful as well because it is like Mm -hmm. a mushroom flower and there's colors you know and it looks it looks really well formed but these are these are the worst creatures possible i just love the fact that they decided to use real people to shoot this and that these weren't just like cgi creations they they talked about in the in the podcast that they got some fans of the video game to come in and do the the motions and the movements probably people who've cosplay as as clickers they look in the like past. dancers
1: though they're doing a great job
0: yeah it's like right? some actual choreography that that they mm-hmm. had to definitely like have and and really emulate those those movements and motions that we know and then of course the sound is equally as important that they make which is just bone chilling it's it sends goosebumps down your spine when you hear the clickers and just like what they sound like so just incredible stuff across the board and really executing the scene in in the perfect way and making them the perfect threat for the rest of the series of course, you talked about Tess earlier and just the importance that she had in this episode. She does ultimately sacrifice herself, um, which, which, you know, she had already been infected, so she was going to die either way. But she makes a big sacrifice to to make sure that Joel and Ellie can move on and continue the journey. And I think that it, it, it's really a testament to... The character's development here and how they expanded on it in the video game, which a lot of the same stuff happens. But what I noticed here is the fact that we we see a Tess who has a little bit more hope and optimism in this, whole, mm-hmm. in this whole project than Joel has. We know Joel is super skeptical. He does not want to really do this mission. He's only doing it for personal gain. But Tess, I think she realizes in the moment that Ellie was bit and also the moment that she was bit, like, hey, this is a real thing. She's really immune there really might be a shot here. And Joel, I know you. I know your history. I know what you've been through. And I know how dark shit has been for the past 20 years. We have a shot here to right all of these wrongs because a lot of what's said and not shown is the fact that both Tess and Joel have really sketchy histories, especially Mm -hmm. together. The 20-year time lapse that we never see in the video games or even in the series is, it's, it's often meant to reflect that, these two have killed people. They've done so for personal gain. They've obviously done it for survival as well. But they've had to make some really, really tough decisions. And so they're both kind of in these really broken places with each other. And I think that that's partially why they're attracted to each other. But Tess, again, she makes this huge, huge sacrifice to, to make sure that that journey can continue and that Joel can also hopefully have some sort of moment of redemption, some moment of legacy, so that yeah. his entire existence isn't painted by the death of Sarah, the death of his daughter, and just everything that happened after that. What did you think about just how they utilized Tess here and just those moments that, again, replicated the video game, but also some of the enhancements that, that, that they made to, to further advance her character in the story?
1: Yeah, what I'm hearing um, through word of mouth is people like the way this test went out a little bit more than video game tests. Um, video game tests... Went out actually pretty very similarly except for they were being chased by the military instead of they weren't being chased by the infected. Um, but I think I love you know at pretty much everything you brought up, man. How Tess really is in the moment. There's like hope in her eyes now. There's like Ellie has given her a new sense of redemption of what her her fight is. You know, um, it's no longer this is thing isn't for personal gain anymore. It's not to get this truck <laughs> that was promised. It's it's really to get. Ellie where she needs to go to these fireflies so that you know she can set things right for all you know that she did and I think that that's important um for her character in 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 this moment I I feel like Tess went out in a way where she even feels like she came to a conclusion of what I did was good in that moment you know what I did was the righteous in that moment but Joel you know he, he's still such of a shell casing of the man that he once was 20 years ago he still is not the same guy that he was He still at the you know middle of last episode threw a child into a fire who was infected you know he still beat a cop to death you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying he's still very much the guy like you said he still very much is a skeptic he very much is all right, Ellie, if you twitch once, you're getting shot in the face, you know what I mean, type, type dude. He's like, I don't know what's going on here, but um, um it, I I felt like in that moment, he still trusted Tess more than he trusted anything else that was going on around him. He was listening. They had been through so much. Um, You know, one thing that this episode does do different, too, is they give Ellie and Joel, I think, a moment to kind of talk, but he refused to really tell Ellie if, like, him and Tess were a thing. Like we, he, he really, we really don't know. Uh, it's really hard to read between the lines too in that moment. But you could tell they've been through so much together that I think it it, it pays off in that moment where she's like, "Please, just go, save the girl." Um, and so I I, I really like everything. That, that Anna Torben was doing here man and unfortunately she she went through like the grossest kiss in TV history <laughs> uh because man it had my skin crawling whatever the hell was going on there but it it, it was still it was still a, a good sacrifice it was still really good to see Tess go out like a G man because uh she she does so in the video game as well man so I I, I enjoyed pretty much everything coming out of there.
0: Yeah, I think the change from having the Phaedra offices running after them to, to making it the 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 infected to, makes total sense just within the context of what this episode is. It's really about mm-hmm. the infected and, and, and getting properly introduced to them and how dangerous they are. And so I think it makes the most sense, especially with the just the forward progression of where they were in that journey and where they were mm-hmm. along the way of, of going in the museum and in the in the rotunda, you know, where Tess ultimately lost her life. But yeah, it, it it is one of those things that you you have to look at Joel's reaction to this whole scenario as much of a important factor as well because I don't think that I don't think that Joel ever opened up his heart to Tess in the way that she probably did for him because she, you know, mm-hmm. she looked at him in that final moment and said like I never asked you to be anything for me. I never asked you to do what I did for you. And I think that mm-hmm. that just is is sort of really symbolic of the fact that she loves him for sure, and and I think deep down Joe loves her as well. We can see it on his face, but he couldn't love her the way that she loved him because he's closed himself off to everything. His heart yeah. is just so dark and hardened after the death of his daughter. He hasn't allowed himself to reach a place like that, so when, when Ellie asks him about that earlier in the episode, he's just like, I can't even go there and talk about that. That's just not... That, that piece of me is just compartmentalized and completely shut off. Like, I won't even allow myself to open up in that in that manner. Nonetheless, to, to a child that I've only known for a couple of days. And so, when Tess ultimately does sacrifice herself, and we see Joel interact with Ellie at the end of the episode and just kind of walk off, it feels like he's still sort of blaming her for that. Like, he gives her a bit of a look like, you know, this shit wouldn't have happened if you weren't along for the way for, for this journey. Like, we wouldn't even be in any of this if it weren't for you. And I, I, I feel like that he still is, is sort of in disbelief, like maybe a part mm-hmm. of him is really sort of, you know, buying into the idea that she is immune. But a little a little slither of him still feels like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing here. This might be the biggest mistake that I ever make. But ultimately, we will see, I think, ultimately a, a big change in, in a paradigm shift that he has to has with this with this relationship that he has with Ellie. Um, before we wrap up here, I forgot to bring this up last week. I want to quickly ask you. Now that we've gotten two episodes and we kind of have a feel for the pacing of this show, do you think that they're going to get to the entire game in this first season? We we don't really know. Mm. They haven't made that clear that, yes, the first game's conclusion will be the final episode of this season and then season two will be part two of that video game. We don't we don't really mm. know that. All we know is that this game is being adapted, the, the part one of the game and then also the left behind will be included in this first season. But could you see a scenario where they find a different ending point and then maybe resume later with the rest of the game in another season? How, how do you think that that's all going to shake out? Because it it feels like it's a little bit difficult to tell at this point.
1: Yeah, it is. It is hard to tell. Right now, in my mind, the way things are shaking out is I feel like an episode, they're going character to character. Of course, we know their name something else. So like you said, this is name infected. In my mind, this this episode could also be named Tess. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I feel like at some point we're going to get to the the Bill and Frank stuff. I think that's another episode. I think the, um, the Left Behind stuff could be another episode. I don't know. Right now it feels like it's character-driven to me or the people that we meet along the way um, in that they each serve their own chapter. Uh, and it, I think if they do it that way, then there is potential. I don't know. It's, it's Again, it's really hard to tell because pacing a video game from a TV show is just so different. You could even skip some stuff if you really want to. You know what I mean? But we do know some of the things that are coming. So I think it's possible for them to 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 stop, to find a, a place to stop. I mean, it's Last of Us. There's always more story, I think, to tell or there's always something else, um, an, another spot that they can stop and be like, no, this is it. My, my worry, though, is if they stop somewhere specific, They won't have enough just to finish the first game. You know, they won't have there will be too much time on their hands. There'll only be like three episodes left (laughs) in order for them to get there. So I feel like they're going to find a way to get there to the end of the first game just in the season. I don't know how Um, it it is a lot more to cover. Seven episodes is a lot, though, I think, given what what we already um, what we've already been through and what we have to go. I think they can do it. But I think it just I think next episode will be even telling to see how these first three go versus the nine overarching, I think, will tell me a lot. So uh, uh, even I think it'll be an even better question next week after we see what they decide to put in next week's episode.
0: Yeah, well, next week definitely is Bill and Frank, for sure, um, based off Mm -hmm. of the preview. So I think that I agree. I think that will tell us a lot. If I had to guess, I think they're finishing the game in this season because. They could find a different place to stop, but as you said, you don't really have enough runway left to finish out the story unless you would choose to embellish a lot and add in a lot of created stuff, which right. they have already said that they don't plan to do. They are pretty much sticking to the story of the games with enhancements here and there as we've already seen. So I do think that the the ending of the season will be the ending of the first game. I, I don't foresee this as a really long project. I don't foresee The Last mm-hmm. of Us being a five five-season TV series. Oh, I, no, I think no, no, that no. they're... I think that they're here to do what they need to do and kind of get out mm-hmm. at most three, just because the second game is really, really long. It's a lot. It's second a lot in a that lot. second game. <laughs> so you, you could, you could split that up into a couple seasons, yeah, uh, maybe shorter seasons, like maybe eight episodes in one and then mm-hmm. eight episodes in a part two. I think three at most is where they go. Um, The only, the only way that it would be more is if we, if we were to happen to get another game, you know, within the next mm. couple of years, which is possible. They could do a part three and, in two years and then you know maybe six years down the line we get part three adapted into a tv series but i think for now with just the the makeup of what we have we'll get three seasons at most but i'll peg it to to probably even two just to stay really really faithful to the story but we will certainly have to see and we definitely can't wait for net suites episode so we'll be tuned in but if you've seen episode two of the last of us on hbo definitely hit us up and let us know what you think about it let's keep it rolling with tv reviews we're going to first start off with the brand new netflix limited series that premiered at the top of the year kaleidoscope
1: Clear. 90 seconds. 20 seconds. Let's go. looking? Solid. Oh, yeah. Real solid. Dollar, dollar, billion. <laughs> There's no such thing as an unbeatable vault. That's weatherproof. Shockproof. And... Thief proof? This is the most secure vault in the United States. Maybe in the world. So what's the score? $7 billion, give or take. What's the split? Even Steven across the board. Who eats spaghetti with chopsticks? Like a billion people.
0: You say there's biometrics, uninterruptible power supplies. And
1: security teams who are ready to use deadly force. basically robs herself this is who we're up against roger salas the world believes he is a titan of industry and a man of virtue the world is wrong you could have come in with me right i'd have been rich together i was betrayed no no and now he has everything and i have a way to make things even we are taking money from some of the most powerful people on Earth. We got a chance to fix everything that ever went wrong in our lives. Are you in or you won't? You can never have too many yachts.
0: <laughs> Let's go. Now, this series is created by Eric Garcia, and it's starring Giancarlo Esposito, Tati Gabriel, Rufus Sewell, Paz Vega, Rosaline Elby Jai Courtney, and P- Peter Mark Kendall. So, Kaleidoscope has been definitely a talking point for quite a lot of people, especially since the top of the year, which it premiered New Year's Day, if I'm not mistaken, on Netflix. And it's mostly just been in the conversation and in the, in the zeitgeist because of the fact that this is a show that is essentially told out of order there are multiple methods and ways to watch this show there are multiple methods and ways to really consume it in the fact that you can watch it in many different watch orders you can get a shuffled order there is also a chronological order so there's a lot behind the show in terms of what they're trying to do from an experiment experimentation standpoint but i have not seen the show you definitely got a chance to Mm -hmm. check this out on netflix so i'll go ahead and pass it over to you to just talk briefly about you know what did you think overall about the kaleidoscope series
1: yeah, man, it's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> um, it's definitely not the greatest series on Netflix. I'll get that out the way right now. But as somebody, which I know you're like this too, as somebody who loves uh, um, really heist things in general, uh, I, it, I think that's the thing that made me the most interested. Of course, along with the big watching order that everyone is talking about, I definitely went ahead and and, and had to check it out. I'm, I'm going to just get out the way Giancarlo Esposito and Tati Gabrielle are the best parts of the series. They are what I was there for. Everyone else um, in the cast is fine. You know, they're great. But in terms of, of, of a story, those as I'm watching, I'm just when somebody else is on the screen, I'm like, okay, but where's where's Giancarlo and where's Tati? Like that's really all I'm looking for. They play father and daughter in the show, and I think they have some of the best acting. It comes from the show. Uh, the best way to describe the show—I actually seen this. I don't think I don't. I think it was a letterbox review, but somebody was like, "You—you you ever been like in school and somebody tries to get you to like make a a quick story from their imagination, but you only have five minutes?" That's what this TV show is like. <laughs> it really—it's—it's it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but because everything feels scrambled, it feels like they're walking us through something we've already seen before. It feels like that we're doing something that's not really reinventive of anything. Um and and, and and that's unfortunate, especially because the episode view order was supposed to be such this big thing, but it didn't feel like any like as I'm watching it in the order that Netflix presented it to me as I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything or that the order changing would have meant much. You know, it I think everyone has the same beginning. Everyone has the same ending at the end of the day. So it's like what is what is really the inventiveness here. I think somebody can take this idea and take this concept and maybe turn it into something else, you know, and maybe and maybe do something with it. I, I think the idea is there. But I think as a TV show of entertainment and what we're here to do, I don't think it really serves that purpose. Again, outside of Giancarlo and Tati Gabrielle's characters within this heist story. The heist itself, again, watching it is always cool. Uh, You know, it's it just it is what it is with heist. I'm like, oh, how did they do this? How did they decide to do that? Those logistics are always going to be okay to watch. But there's so many in between and stories that I really don't care about that much that it just ends up being an experiment at the end of the day. Not very good. Um, in 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 very much a did I have to sit through this kind of thing. So I did give it points because again, I think the acting overall was pretty good. But again, the story is not very serviceable, I think, for the for the for the person who's looking for this cool out of order thing. So yeah, it's it's unfortunate.
0: I have never really been a fan of choose your own adventure styles of storytelling in film or TV, obviously they have a place in video games. We know over the past, you know, 10 or 15 years, mm-hmm. it's become much more of a regular trend to have in your video games, your characters, you know, you can go down different paths that can ultimately create different consequences and different scenarios for you. And I think that that makes a lot of sense when you're in an interactive medium. For me personally, and I'm not saying that anybody else should feel this way, but when I'm watching a movie or a TV series, I want you to tell me the way that I should be experiencing this. <laughs> Give me the story, A, B, C, all the way to Z, in 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 how I should be consuming this. I don't need yeah. you to create this shuffled order, create this you know this out of order experience, whatever the case you may be or however you want to you know sort of describe it as. I've just never ever ever been a fan of it, and I've given it a try, not Kaleidoscope mm-hmm. specifically, but other things. Netflix has done this before. There was that Black Mirror movie, which you could choose different paths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what is this shit? And I remember like watching it, and then you get to <laughs> like the last 25 minutes, and then all of a sudden, every possible outcome was presented. So it went from being a 90-minute movie to being a two-hour and 45-minute movie because I was seeing everything unfold. And I'm like, oh, come on. Do I really need this in my life right now? And I know Kaleidoscope is a bit different of an experience because it is episodic in nature, but... It's just it, it feels gimmicky. It feels gimmicky as opposed to mm-hmm. let's tell the best story possible, which it doesn't sound like that they do. And when you have so many different examples of heist films or crime films that right. are just killing it. You can't really come out with something that's mediocre for the sake of like, oh, we have a watch order in which you can, you know, watch it in many different combinations and Mm -hmm. ways and it's going to be different every single time. And it's like, yeah, that might be fine and all, but what is it really doing for everything that I'm trying to watch with these characters and with the story that's unfolding? So disappointing to hear but i'm not that surprised if i'm being honest with you I'm, I'm i'm very much not surprised that this was you know sort of a a more flashy experiment as, as opposed to something that may be a little bit more substantive but we'll have to see if they continue to utilize this technology this you know this shuffled order choose your own adventure mm-hmm. technology and future projects or you know whether or not they might just abandon it completely we'll have to stand by and see but those are our thoughts on kaleidoscope on netflix if you've checked out the series definitely hit us up and let us know what you think and with that being said we're going to transition and talk about the one movie of the week that we have to review the standalone sequel to 2018 searching missing
1: you need to let the police handle this i tried
0: i'm not giving up on my mom siri call june mom this is facetime oh gosh i need you to write a couple of things down the car keys i just said write it down you're not writing it down Kevin and I are headed to LAX, and we need you to pick us up on Monday. Keep your location on the entire time I'm away. No fun. Got it.
1: Mm -hmm. it? it
0: it? 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 Hi, this is Grace Allen. Please leave a message. (laughs) Mom? Where are you guys?
1: My mom mom never came home from her trip. I don't know where she is. is. Uh,
0: I'm calling about a guest you had. Um, Does anyone speak English?
1: Uh, I'm sorry. This is Elijah Park.
0: Please, I need your help.
1: The FBI doesn't have jurisdiction to investigate in Colombia.
0: So is there anything I can do?
1: The best thing you can do to help us is just wait by your phone. Say hi, mommy. Hi, Junba. I'm not giving up on my mom.
0: There's got to be a way to find her. Me escuchas? I need you to go to this hotel and ask for their security footage. The cleaning senora says she sees two American tourists at the hardware store.
1: What did he buy? Just this. You think he did something to her? You're going through Kevin's email? You need
0: to let the police handle this. I tried, but we're running out of time. Who are these people? This woman calls him Darren. You weren't going to tell me my mom was dating a felon? You need to trust me on this. Shocking new footage has leaked online. No, no, I-, I have some questions regarding something we're looking into. Has your mom ever gone by any of their names? What? The strangest case I've ever seen. There
1: may be more than meets the eye. There are some legit questions.
0: Hey, Junebug. There's actually a lot I want to talk with you about.
1: Oh, my God. Someone's
0: here. Now, this movie is written and directed by Nick Johnson and Will Merrick, and it's starring Storm Reid, Joachim de Almedia, Ken Leong, Amy Landaker, Daniel Henney, and Nia Long. And so, as I said, Missing is a standalone sequel to a movie that came out in 2018, Searching. So it's not a direct sequel. It's more of an anthology series at this point in which it's following different characters and different scenarios. That first movie that came out in 2018 was really, really successful. They made it on a shoestring budget. It didn't even cost a million dollars to make. And if you've seen Searching, you, you know why. The entire narrative is told through the use of some sort of electronic screen, whether it's an internet browser, a cell phone camera, maybe a video call, emails, it's using all digital technology to tell its story. And so that same gimmick, I guess, which you know is maybe the word of the week is coming over for missing as well, but you can tell that they've definitely enhanced it. They do have a larger budget this time. I think this movie was budgeted at $7 million, so they, they greatly enhanced it. And I got a chance to go check this out this past weekend. And I gotta say, this was a fun watch. This was really enjoyable. I liked Searching a lot when it came out. It was kind of Mm -hmm. one of those surprise hits of the year. And this is very much sort of in that same vein. This was a great, great watch overall. Very entertaining. Definitely kept you on your toes. There were a lot of twists and turns. I think all the things that you would expect out of a mystery movie, which this is, you know, I never considered like Searching to be a horror movie. It's very much more of a traditional mystery movie where in that film you had a father looking for his daughter who had disappeared. What's cool about Missing is that they kind of... Flip the roles. If you've seen the trailer, you'll know Mm -hmm. that Storm Reed is the central character. She is looking for her mother, who's disappeared... Who she went on vacation with her new boyfriend that she's been dating for a little bit. They go to Columbia, you know, for for like a week-long vacation to celebrate Father's Day. And then all of a sudden, Storm Reed's character is like, my mom didn't come back. I was supposed to pick her up from the airport. And then we're kind of off from there. And overall, I gotta say again that this was just a, a really enjoyable watch. The twist that they had, you know, sort of happened in the middle of the movie. Really, really shocking to me. I definitely did not see them coming. There were certain things that I was like, I feel like it's going in that direction. But I think that they actually smartly kind of kept you on your toes. And the best mysteries really at the end of the day, they make you think that everybody is a suspect. You really can't trust Mm -hmm. anybody. And that's what this movie did. It presented all possible suspects and presented a really viable case as to why that person might not be the person to trust and then ultimately it comes you know in at the end of the movie with a really really big swerve again that I did not see coming so overall this is a really enjoyable film I definitely encourage people to check it out whether it's in theaters or eventually when it makes it makes its way to streaming but ultimately what I've been telling people if you like searching if you found that to be a really satisfactory viewing experience there's no reason why you wouldn't feel that way about this movie because it, it pretty much holds up the same type of entertainment value that you would find in that first movie.
1: Yeah, and I'm 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 in that camp, man. I never forget what I actually seen searching. I was like, does anybody else know about this movie? Like, I walked out of the theater like, dang, that was pretty good. Like, do we do we know this exists? Um, and I'm glad to see it at least did well enough for missing to now exist, man. Um, it's also really good to see it kind of be you know somewhat of a black story you know steam storm reed and and Nia long being at the forefront here i think is a w you know to me especially in a story like this we don't get that that often so i i, I love um that they're here especially storm reed hasn't really got to like helm too much recently, you know. She's always been, like, in the background or a side character or in this and that. But I'm glad to see that, you know, she, she gets some screen time in this film. So, cannot wait to watch it. I'm sure I'll like it. I like searching. Um, And so, yeah, man, I'm, 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 I'll enjoy it myself pretty soon, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, super excited to see what Storm Reid continues to do. I was just watching her on, uh, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. And she talked about the fact mm-hmm. that she is a full-time college student right now. She's at USC. She lives on campus. And she's also, wow. like doing full-time acting like she's on one of the most popular shows on tv with euphoria she now has this movie so i mean her juggling act to still manage school get her education while also doing this acting thing you know in in a really big way in these really high profile projects really impressive stuff so can't wait to continue to see what storm reed does but those are our thoughts on the brand new film missing if you've checked out this movie in theaters definitely hit us up and let us know what you think and that is all for our reviews of this week so we're going to go ahead and transition and talk about the news and catch up on some things that have recently come out in the news cycle over the past week a couple of new trailers that we want to talk about a couple of movie and film and tv announcements that we'll cover but first we got to start off really with netflix because last week they dropped their big 2023 film preview Mm -hmm. they do this at the top of the year every year every year where they sort of give us a brief outlook in terms of what their slate's going to look like over the course of the remaining year from films and just everything that they have all the stars that they have signed on to their different projects and we got some first looks at some things we got reintroduced to some things we knew were coming but now have some more firmed up release dates um and so i think we can you know sort of just maybe point out what some of the highlights were i think you know some of the big things that that kind of stood out to me we're getting a luther movie which is going to be a continuation of the tv show Mm -hmm. idris elba is coming back in that role he's been he's been playing luther for like 12 years now and so oh, the fact that he's God. coming over to a netflix movie that's really cool uh they're doing a murder mystery 2 movie with adam sandler and jennifer aniston um adam yes. sandler continues to just get in his netflix bag i you know if i'm being honest i want net i want adam sandler to you know kind of get away from the netflix stuff because i mean i just haven't yeah. watched really any of his movies and i've just not heard great things and anytime mm-hmm. he does dramatic stuff i'm like yeah I'm, I'm here for the adam sandler drama bag that he's doing but of course like Netflix is paying him ridiculous amounts of money so I cannot blame him <laughs> for leaning into that. Um, Extraction 2 was coming with Chris Hemsworth. We knew about that. That's gonna be a big sequel. They clone Tyrone which yes. was supposed to come out last year. Finally looks like it's gonna come out this July. There's also a movie Damsel with um billy bobby brown who's doing another Mm -hmm. netflix movie it's going to be like a big action fantasy movie angela bassett's also a part of that rebel moon seems to be their big december play they always have like a big huge tempo movie sort of round out the year that's going to be zack snyder's next movie and they have a bunch of stuff in between too with again a lot of high profile actors but just based off of what you saw in the film preview how do you feel about this slate are there things that you're excited about what stands out to you
1: uh man close to everything you just said dude um i'm a guilty guy when it comes with jennifer aniston and adam sandler for some reason i don't know why but just go with it is an okay movie to me (laughs) i remember watching it and being like this is so silly but for some reason i like this movie it's one of those those guilty things but it's good It's, it's gonna be cool i think to see them um reunite in that film man uh damsel i think it's gonna be it looks good to me. I don't know. It's Millie Bobby Brown. There's a dragon in there. I think I don't know what's happening. You know, "Damsel in Distress," Fantasyland. It looks cool to me. It looks like a, a cool spin on something. And really, she's been killing it. I, I don't think I've seen anything bad come out of Millie Bobby Brown recently. You know, she's one of those other secret Netflix kind of has them by the you know by the by the contract kind of people. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm curious to see um, how Damsel ends up. Of course um i'm very excited for they clone tyrone man i haven't it's yeah I, i'm just excited for it it is what it is it's a black movie on netflix i hope it's good um we've been we've been in and out of the black films that we've been getting uh from netflix so I, I can't wait to see what goes on there still haven't checked out the first extraction so don't have much to say about extraction too um but we haven't heard from Zack snyder since uh uh what's the what's the zombie movie um
0: Oh, Army of the um, Dead that came out a Army years of ago. the Dead. So yeah. it'll
1: be. Um, I'm interested to see what Rebel Moon is, what Rebel Moon is about. One thing uh, I'll always give Zack Snyder to is I don't know. He's another one of those filmmakers that at least cares about the project <laughs> that he's working on. Not saying other filmmakers don't, but you know, he, he at least tries to world build and do other things and this and that. So I'm, I'm curious to see what Rebel Moon um, looks like, man. But yeah, uh, that, that's pretty much it.
0: I'm making a commitment to myself this year that. If I'm not truly excited to watch it, like if I really don't have an interest in these movies, I'm just not going to mm-hmm. watch them, if I'm being bluntly honest, because I've been so disappointed in the past based off of some of these previous announcements compared to what we get. That That's being true. said, there are a couple that I am looking forward to and that I have some some hopes for. In particular, I'm very much excited about Pain Hustlers, which is going to have Chris Evans, Emily Blunt, Andy Garcia. It's directed by David Yates, who's directed many of the harry potter movies it just looks interesting to me it looks like a drama mm-hmm. and some shady shit's going on so i'm very much <laughs> looking forward to that leave the world behind is another movie that looks really interesting that has mahershala ali julia roberts yeah. ethan hawk like i don't really know what's going on it's about you know a family vacation you know that's getting interrupted by a couple of strangers so it seems like there's some thriller elements there so that that piques my interest extraction one was just like dumb action fun, so I'll watch Extraction 2, hopefully getting that same experience. And then they cl- clone Tyrone is one I'm genuinely looking forward to. We did get a trailer last year. It looks really, really fun. I'm, I'm super excited about that one. The rest of the stuff, you know, it we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see what happens. I'm not we'll even see. guaranteeing that I'm going to watch them, to be honest with you, just because again, if I don't have a genuine interest in it, I'm just kind of at the point where I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll pass. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly pass and just, you know, sort of let it, let it be what it is, but in a blue sky world, hopefully all of them are great. I'd love to get into to a situation in which, you know, many of these movies are, you know, mostly hitting yeah. in the ways that I would want them to hit. But I, I'm not going to necessarily get my hopes up in that regard. But we'll have to see. Anything can happen. Anything is possible. Netflix definitely has a big year on its hands. We also got a couple of new trailers. We should start off with the Scream 6 trailer. We talked about the teaser That came out like a month ago, but it didn't really show us anything. It showed like the main Mm -hmm. characters on the subway. It wasn't anything. But now we have like an actual trailer for Scream 6, which definitely gave us more vibes and energy in terms of what this movie is going to be. They are very much marketing this as a different type of ghost face, a ghost face that we have not seen before. This ghost face is running, running around with shotguns. He's shooting people. He has this weird shrine that he's sort of created to to honor all of the fallen victims of the past movies. It's like his own personal Batcave type shit in in the middle of New York City. Hayden Panettiere is coming back. She did survive Scream 4. I think a lot of people probably forgot about her. Um, A lot of energy, a lot of interesting stuff happening in the Scream. Did this trailer, did this new trailer make you more excited than than what you already were for this movie?
1: Yes. (laughs) Ghostface took the gun from the band running the gas station, the bodega, I forgot we in New York, from the bodega, and shot him with it. Absolutely. In the first, like, 20 seconds of the trailer. I almost, you could have cut it off there, and I was like, let's go. Let's go to the theater right now. Man, this looks like a lot of fun. Um, I think what also really does make me excited, excited is seeing, like, Melissa Barrera and Jenna Ortega just, like, have to duo this thing. They're, like, the new, you know... Uh, the the new ladies of the franchise. Um, Not only that, but I love seeing uh, Courtney Cox's Gail Weathers kind of coming in again as like... I don't... Just another figure to say, this is still Scream. You know, I really like that about it. They're like, look, it's still Scream, everybody. And not only that, but she has a whole classic phone into tussle kind of joint in the trailer, man. And, And not only that, it looks really good. Like, the way it's shot looks good. I love the visuals and the way... Um, everything is panning out, and then last but not least, they do end with what we seen in the teaser: them on the train, it being Halloween. There's a bunch of ghost face looking their way, and it looks good, man. I'm I'm very excited for this. I'm loving the new spin. I'm loving the new take of being in a new city. Not only that, but, but like what what also made Scream a thing is people tend to get isolated somehow in these movies and now it looks like no they're staying together but there's a ton of them how the hell are they gonna do this thing i love that this idea that they come up with and i think uh yeah we just have something interesting on our hands with scream man so it made me pretty excited
0: this can go one of two ways. This can either be a really, really good sixth entry into this franchise, or we can end up with the Jason Takes Manhattan route, which is just an abysmal <laughs> a very abysmal movie. And I'm Uh-oh. hoping it's not the latter and instead the former. But I, I'm, I'm super excited for Scream. I'm actually very optimistic about the future of this franchise. And the fact that they found a different spin for this is going to help keep it fresh and help keep it different and new compared to the previous movies. I just need I need side talk NYC to get Spider Cuz and Ghostface together. In the oh video.
1: my God! We, please, we need
0: that. We need that for the internet. We need that for TikTok and for Instagram. <laughs> like, we got to see Ghostface and Spider Cuz like go at it for for the one time because uh, New York, as being the central location for this movie, I'm sure is going to inspire inspire a lot of costumes, inspire a lot of memes and videos. It should be a fun time. So I can't wait for Scream Six to to come out. We also finally. Got some information and news about Invincible. We talked last week about our most anticipated TV series. You had Invincible season two on your list. And now we have a release window, not a firm date, but a window that more (laughs) or less, quote unquote, compared to the trailer or based off of what the trailer said is when we should be getting Invincible season two. It's not really a trailer. It's just a conversation between Mark and and, and Seth Rogen's character. They're just kind of talking back and forth about what's been happening. And then the question is posed. Hey, when's Invincible going to get back out there? When is he going to be a superhero again? And Mark is like, you know, maybe late 2023 feels right. That's when I can probably get back to this thing. Late 2023 can mean anything. It can mean September. It can mean November. Mm-hmm. It can mean December 31st. Like, we don't really know, but at least we have somewhat of an idea of when this is going to come out. How do you feel about late 2023? Are you ready to wait even longer for Invincible season two? The fact <laughs> that we're probably going to have to go the majority of the year before we get more episodes? <laughs> or does this feel right on the money to
1: you? It was it was a little disappointing. I can't lie to you because just because I think I'm used now to Prime Video being a little more uppity in the summertime. We know Gen V is coming, but part of me thought maybe Invincible will be right there with it. You know, um, you even talked about maybe the boys could surprise us. You know, and give us like a summer release. If we had those three on TV at the same time, I think I would have been in content heaven and that (laughs) and I think that's the the false reality that I was living in that that could happen um but I you know I I love I love somebody who knows what timeline they're on I love when you know they talk about in the short him between him and Alan the alien I think is his name they they're going back and forth he's like whoa what have you been doing you know he's like storyboarding and writing characters and doing this and doing that I'm like we get it it's a lot that goes into it, you know, kinda of type <laughs> thing. Like we get it. It's a lot going on, guys. Um, and so, you know, I I I just see it as like one of those things is like they want to put it out right. They don't want to put it out fast. So I am sad it's not summer twenty twenty three, but I'm I'm happy it's coming this year, man. In my mind, I'm thinking in October. And I also do kind of like the idea of like, okay, you can't give us everything at once. Maybe after Jim V goes off, maybe after the boys goes off, then Invincible rolls around and gives us something else to continue to chew on for for, uh, another good part of the year, man. So, uh, again, a little disappointed, but still glad it's coming out this year.
0: Yeah, I don't know if this has been confirmed, and I feel like I may have said this before, but I am sticking behind the belief that the reason this is taking so long is because they're doing season two and season three at the exact same time. And I Mm -hmm. think that that would be the smart play because animation does take a lot longer. The smart play is to say, because they did get renewed for season two and season three at the same right. time. That that was confirmed. Mm-hmm. I think the development of those are happening at the same time. And so the gap between two and three, I envision to be a lot more truncated than what what's happening between one and two, because it's going to be two and a half years by the point that this actually does arrive. But wow. I, I, I would say that season three is probably going to follow up relatively quickly after that, within a year for sure. Maybe even mm-hmm. like eight to nine months but i think that that's that's why it's taking so long is because they're telling a bigger story if you know anything about the invincible comics there's there's a lot to come and there's a a lot lot on the horizon there's Mm -hmm. a lot more characters a lot more universes and worlds so it's it's going to expand the scope of this series tremendously and we can't forget a really important element invincible has a phenomenal voice cast so these people are very very busy you have to find Mm -hmm. their schedules to get their voice, <laughs> their voice acting done, it's not like you can just get everybody in the room at the same time. It doesn't work that way. So a lot of these people have to, you know, they have to work around their schedules to make sure that they get the dialogue recorded. So it'll be worth the wait. It is a little disappointing that we're going to have to, you know, kind of get through most of 2023. But I, I have no doubts that it'll, it'll, it'll certainly be worth the the time spent behind behind bringing this alive. So we'll have to see. In other news, we actually found out that a show is ending, which is on Netflix. Netflix Cobra Kai, which. Will end with the sixth and final season, which I believe will come out this year, but they didn't give a release date. They dropped a little bit of a teaser just announcing the fact that Cobra Kai is going to end. I talked about this show at the end of last year because I finally got around to watching it and I binged all five seasons and love, love, love Cobra Kai. It's just such a joyful, amazing show. They they've just they've absolutely nailed everything that you would want out of a follow-up to that Karate Kid franchise. I suspected at the end of season five, and I believe I might have said this in in the review, that season six would probably be the end. It felt like they were setting up six to be the end and who the big bad was going to be and just where the story was going. And it got to a place in five where it's like, this shit is getting like really big. There's a lot of characters. (laughs) It's a lot going on. I don't know how much bigger you can go. And so I suspected that six would be the end. but. Now we finally have confirmation that it is the end. I know you still have to watch Cobra Kai at some point. Mm -hmm. What I do want to ask you, because we talked about this, I believe, last fall when we found this out. They're making another Karate Kid movie over at Sony. That got announced, and it's going to come out in 2024 at this point. And then we saw that Mm -hmm. it's not going to be connected to Cobra Kai. And the creators behind Cobra Kai have nothing to do with the movie do you suspect yeah. that this that this you know sort of announcement that this show is now ending has a has some somewhat of a relationship to what they might plan with the movie? And it's it's hard to tell because we don't know if they might even bring over the same actors or not. But do do you think that those two decisions were at all connected?
1: Man, I don't know. The timing does seem a little too uh, coincidental in a lot of ways, right? Like season six happens and then a movie comes out. It's like, wait, whoa, 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 what's 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 going on here? Um, You know, the the optimism in me is like, I hope so. I hope they're connected because, you know, I've been looking for, just come out with a movie for your last big thing that you do. You know, I've been been such a, I think, um, um, advocate of doing something like that. And a lot of people just still won't do it. Imagine if Cobra Kai is the first one to step up and be like, no, we're doing a movie for our last thing. Like, season six happens, but this movie is the tail end of season six. I would love for that um, to be a thing. But I don't know, man. The optimist, optimist in me is going to say yes for now. <laughs> the skeptic in me, of course, is like, ain't no way, you know, kind of type thing. But the optimist in me is like, yeah, I, I really do hope so.
0: If they were to do a movie, this next film, with the same actors as a sort of direct sequel to the original trilogy and ignore the events of Cobra Kai, that would be the biggest mistake ever. I would fucking yeah. be livid if they did that because this show has really nailed everything so perfectly. And to your point, I mean, what better way to get people excited that, you know, at the end of season six, in which we all assume is like the final one, this is it, Mm -hmm. the series finale, quote unquote, and then they just drop the announcement... The story continues in whatever the next movie is called coming right. in 2024 just a year later. That would be a fucking mm-hmm. bomb that they could drop, which nobody would see coming. And it would be one of the best kept secrets, I would say, of recent memory. But that is optimistic, I think, to your point. I don't know what their plans are and what they, what they intend to do, but we'll certainly have to see. In the meantime, Cobra Kai will be here and definitely will check that out. In other news, we just found out right before the recording of this podcast, they're finally making Girls Trip 2. It's been a while since the first movie. Came out in 2017. Huge, huge, massive hit. That first movie was made on a budget of $19 million. Made over $140 million at the box office. And so now they finally confirmed that this new one is going to be coming out at some point. The original cast is returning. Queen Latifah, Tiffany Haddish, Regina Hall, Jada Smith are all slated to return. And apparently it's going to be set in Ghana because they're going to be attending the big Afrochella festival that happens every year down in Ghana. That'll be sort of the, the central you know, piece that gets this gets this crew back together. We don't really have a clue about the the creative team behind this. Malcolm D. Lee who's coming off of the best man final chapters he directed that first movie i don't know if it's confirmed as to whether or not he's going to come come back and direct this one but i suspect mm-hmm. he's going to be involved in some way but yeah this is this is exciting girl's trip was a huge huge success in 2017 essentially a launch tiffany haddish into the mainstream you know i guess my big question for this whole thing is like what took so long you know it's been it's been a while since that first movie you would think that with the money that that one made with how successful it was that they would have made this one even quicker but uh i guess better late than never that we're gonna get the second movie
1: yeah man uh it could have been anything to to, kind of keep that space from coming i know i'm sure malcolm d lee also you know, I think some people have, um, no matter how successful it is, but have like sequel syndrome where they're kind of afraid that the sequel won't do, you know, as good as the first. This this Girl's Trip is a really good movie. It's Like you said, it made a, a ton of money. It's very well critically received. I can imagine being like, ooh, do we want to touch this thing, you know, per se, it, and, and just leave it ha- how it is? I don't know. I will also say uh, Tiffany Haddish and Jada Pinkett Smith in particular had like not the greatest in between (laughs) in terms of those two movies from Red Table Talk shenanigans with Jada Pickett-Smith to Tiffany Haddish and her stand-ups being, you know, critiqued in certain ways. Shoot, some bad movies that came out with Tiffany Haddish in the in-between you know in the interim um is a thing uh but you know Regina Hall and Queen you know have always been kind of you know stagnant in, in their careers and what they've been doing they've been putting out great work but again Tiffany and, in, in, and Jada have kind of been in a weird spot I think so I think it could be a number of anything which uh took them so long to make this but I'm excited for it man I just seen a bunch I Chill it just happened like Three weeks ago, or something like that. Yeah, it it's like, in December, I think, right? Yeah, it was like around Christmas. It was like pretty close, mm-hmm. or maybe even New Year's. It was. It's really. Mm-hmm. It's really in in that area. I think a lot of people went to Afrochella and spent New Year's in Ghana. Like I, it just happened, so um, it's crazy. Like seeing that happen, I seen like friends go there in real life, and then. Them announcing that girls trip is gonna happen at this very same thing. Um, I'm I'm very interested. I think it's gonna be cool as long as they keep the DNA, keep some keep some uh, some interesting stuff happening in the story. I think they can have another good movie on their hands, man. But I'm I'm excited nonetheless.
0: Yeah, that first movie was kind of lining in a bottle. We hadn't really got this all female driven black experience of, of these really prominent actresses mm-hmm. coming together and doing so successfully so it I, I could see people being a little bit hesitant to go back to that well if you don't have a good story and perhaps again optimistically maybe the holdup was we just want to see a great script we we, we mm-hmm. don't want to do this unless we feel like the story is worth exactly. telling as opposed to just like churning out something i'm hoping that's the case can't always say that that will actually be evident or not but i'm I'm gonna you know choose to believe that the faith is 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 within the the creative team behind this to say like yeah we want to make sure that this is right so that's why it's going to take a little bit longer to get out so we'll have to see when eventually that movie does arrive and other sequel movie news announcements to no surprise megan 2.0 is happening (laughs) <laughs> Universal officially slated the release of the Megan sequel to come out January 17th, 2025. So two years from now, mark your calendars, people. Megan is taking over the world once again. Again, we, 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 we spoke about this movie at length last week. I know we both enjoyed it to varying degrees. It's been tremendously successful. It's been creatively marketed in in so many different ways it it was no doubt in my mind that this was going to happen and the fact that they announced it so quickly makes all the sense in the world and also the the timing january is a great spot for them because there's not going to be a ton of competition they can really own Mm -hmm. this real estate in january and take a lot of advantage take big advantage of it and so I, I think that this just makes all the sense in the world one can just hope let's let's make sure that it's a good movie as usual you know especially within horror franchises sequels are I mean there's they're very very sketchy yeah I mean maybe yeah. horror is probably the worst offender at sequels mm-hmm. and just doing sequels for the sake of doing sequels and, and and none of them being good so that's the only apprehension with this of course but the creative team behind it, Blum, James Wan, good people. I would say good people, nonetheless, that can make this movie. So we'll have to see what it looks like when it comes out.
1: Yeah, man. Um, yeah, success, I think, speaks for itself. It's doing great. Imagine if, like, James Wan actually directs this one. Then I'd be excited. No, but um, it's it's it, it it should be good, man. I don't know. I know we know all the same writers. We know the same writers coming back, Kayla Cooper. I think we know she's coming back. And we know um, Allison, what's her name? Williams. Um, alison williams is coming back too so i'm interested to see it seems like you know it's not just some spinoff or anything we know it's like the same story surrounding it so very curious to see where they go man but yeah we'll see in 2025
0: absolutely and in our last news item of the week definitely wanted to just quickly discuss this avatar the way of water has officially crossed the two billion dollar mark at the worldwide box office it's currently the sixth highest grossing movie of all time. It just passed Spider-Man No Way Home. It's within firing distance of Avengers Infinity War and Star, Star Wars The Force Awakens. It- it'll pass those movies by the end of this week to become the fourth highest grossing movie of all time. The only thing ahead of it at that point will be Titanic, which is at like $2.194 billion. So it-, it would have a way to go to surpass Titanic. It would have to make like another $150 million, but anything is possible now with james cameron i mean (laughs) this is this is kind of crazy we we talked a lot about what the what the box office prospects of this movie would be we guessed like oh it's gonna make a lot of money it might make one five it might do one seven five maybe one nine two billion we we thought was possible but i think both of us were a little gun shy to just go that far and say like yes it's gonna make two billion dollars that's a lot of money only five movies ever in history have made two billion dollars but now avatar the way of water is the sixth one and not only that it's james cameron's third movie to make over two billion dollars at the box office he has half of the entries on this list for the highest grossing movies ever what what else can we say about the man what else can we say about this franchise now what what are your thoughts about james cameron literally literally you know just creating another lane for himself in history which is just singular he's done something nobody else has done and maybe something yeah. nobody else will ever do at this point
1: mhm it's 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 just wild man the, the part of the reason i'm laughing about what you're saying is not only will he own what 3 of the top 5 most <laughs> grossing movies of all time. But we are asleep. That Titanic is about to re-release for its 25th anniversary <laughs> <laughs> in, like Literally in like two, two weeks. weeks right now it's to like make two more weeks money. To make more money, man. And this movie is reaching this milestone. It has been a month. 1 month. Not like some huge multiple month run like no. It has it's been 1 month since Avatar Way of Water has come out man it's 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 just crazy um you know we, we 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 talked about the projections of this film like what it's what it's gonna do we said we don't think you know it's gonna hit the, the original it's just something about like you said lightning in a bottle um and, and sometimes you can't you can't get that back man but this is impressive still nonetheless i think it's it's just james cameron man he 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 does this. He does this, man. The marketing team does this. His He, he just has a camp within himself and the people around him that know how to sell a movie. They know how to make a theatrical experience. They know how to make something people actually want to go see. I think that's so important that the same people that seen the first one probably are the same people as out here buying tickets to go see this one. Like I think that's a very important thing. And to be able to do it. With with over a decade of time in between the two, is it's just impressive to me, man. It's like you said, I don't think we'll ever anybody else will ever be able to perform something like this. I think we've seen people try in the Russo brothers, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I think what they've attempted, but now what what James Cameron has done is not only unprecedented, but I think at, at some point it it might be able to we might be able to say it it can't be done at all by anybody else potentially ever and so it's it's (laughs) it's just it's just impressive man that's all i gotta say and and the russos came
0: into a well-oiled machine you know when they made civil Mm -hmm. war the mcu was like 15 movies deep at that point and 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 they leveraged the success of that movie to make infinity war and the success of Mm -hmm. that movie to make endgame these were things that were building off of each other and that's not to ever take anything away from marvel i mean come on like who needs to it's like praising Tom Brady. Who needs to do that? We know how successful they are. But it's something <laughs> right. It's something to be said about the fact that, as you pointed out, one man, one director, has made more money off of the least amount of work <laughs> than, than, than any, uh, any other director in Hollywood history. And this movie just had its sixth consecutive week at number one. Guess what the last movie was to spend six consecutive weeks at number one at the box office is? Just, just take a, a wild guess. What what movie previously spent six weeks at number one?
1: Oh, man. It's, I'm sure it was J- a James Cameron film. <laughs> it was
0: Avatar in 2009. And before that, it uh, was Titanic, Titanic all the way back in 1997. <laughs> like, he is the only oh, one that man. can do this, y'all. You, you have to just, you got to acknowledge. I need everybody who doubted this movie. I need everybody that talks shit. Take back everything you said. You know You know who you are. If you mm-hmm. listen to the show, you know, exact take back everything you said about this shit right now. I don't care how you feel about the movie. I don't care how you feel about James Cameron. You got you got to respect what he's doing here. This is just That's unprecedented. Weird. It's 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 just it's a it's a huge, hugely impressive feat. The one follow up question I have for you, because we we now see th- this is making all the money. It's it's going to be one of the most successful outings in, in movie history. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. can he sustain this for the next one can avatar three and four and five which are shoo-ins at this point best believe y'all the next 10 years of your life we're getting avatar movies um do you think that he can can sustain the success and 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 continue to you know have this successful sort of return with the with the next movies or 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 maybe we be in store for a, a situation that might resemble what happened with the more recent Star Wars movies because like The Force Awakens came out of the gate mm-hmm. very very successful made a lot of money
1: yeah. the next
0: two still made a lot of money still made over a billion but we saw the, de- the, the 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 decreasing returns over the course of time do you think that that might be likely the, the fact that we we're, we're gonna be in closer proximity to these sequels than we were between one and two that people mm-hmm. just might kind of genuinely lose interest over the course of time and say so like you know i might i might just wait now i'm kind of kind of getting over avatar we've gotten like three sequels in in, in eight years I've, I've had my avatar fix and maybe maybe the box office returns might not be as high as this as this new film has proven
1: yeah i think that's absolutely possible man i think there is still as as successful as this is i think there's still leeway for that that chunk of time isn't there like you said force awakens i never forget force awakens I don't think I've ever been more excited for a movie. And part of that is just we hadn't had Star Wars in so long. You know what I'm saying? Like the time in between was crazy. Avatar comes out again over a decade later. Avatar 2, Way of Water comes out over a decade later. And part of me is like, well, technology probably's gotten better in those in that time being. You know what I'm saying? I'm excited for this movie. The first one was a feat. Maybe the second one will be a feat. I I am I am slightly still afraid for this franchise just because of avatar um avatar fatigue I think in a lot of ways right where people say man there's another one coming out there's another three-hour movie I think there's some people who are gonna say okay you you can't there can't be too much more that's crazy in between the second one and the third one you know <laughs> if the time is 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 short some people aren't gonna care but you know I just feel like there will be some people out there that's like okay the time in between isn't as long anymore I can sit this one out kind of type thing i think it's going to happen Whether the quality of the movie is as good as not or better you know it could be even better than the second movie. who knows but i think it's just something that is going to be a little bit more fatigue. there it's going to we're going to be talking about these movies for a long time they're always going to be in the public gaze i know a lot of people in some ways went through that with this phase of marvel right a lot of people are like Oof, i just have marvel oh, yeah. fatigue I just have simply have Marvel fatigue. There's I need a to lot see something on else. On. I'll spend my yes, money elsewhere. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I I, 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 can foresee Avatar going through the same things. Um, and so I think we'll have to see what happens. I think three would be a big indicator of, of what that looks like. But man, I, I, I definitely think it's possible.
0: I agree. The wait time between one and two has a lot to do with it, if not the the paramount reason as to why this one performed so well, just because of genuine curiosity, the fact that there are more technical advancements. We, we, we just won't really have that between, you know, mm-hmm. two and three. It's going to be like right. two years, you know, so it's like how much more can you actually do? But as we typically say, you can never really count out James Cameron. You can never doubt this man because what people never. typically forget when they talk shit about Avatar in America, they forget how huge globally this is and that's really where the lion's share of the money is mm-hmm. coming from. This is massive in international countries and overseas. Like this this is where they're making the bread and butter of a lot of their money. And so those audiences, they might feel completely different about this whole experiment than we do cuz I'm I'm sure we're consuming a lot more stuff on on this type of level than maybe some international mm-hmm. audiences are and so perhaps they haven't gotten enough of their fix and they could turn out in droves again for three and four and five. We'll have to see. But I, I, I agree. I think that we'll probably see some diminishing returns, but not drastically. It'll be a little right. bit here, a little bit there. We'll notice it, but they're mm-hmm. going to still be the biggest movies that come out in the respective year that they do. It's it's just going to be a, a money-making franchise for the foreseeable future. So we'll have to see how the prospects of Avatar turns out. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have for this episode of Two Black Nerds. Thank you again for tuning in to another podcast. We will, of course, be back next week to talk about all the latest and greatest things that we see. But we're going to be focusing on Marvel and looking at the 2023 year that Marvel has in store. We're going to look at all the movies and TV shows and maybe even video games that we're expecting to get from Marvel and have a little bit of a preview show about the things that we're most excited about some of the things we might be a little bit hesitant about but there's some big projects across Mm -hmm. the board on disney plus there's into the spider-verse of course the mcu is getting in full swing with ant-man and the wasp quantumania right around the corner so it will be a very very exciting show so definitely be on the lookout for that and i suspect that in the next week or so we should be getting some dc news so perhaps be on the lookout for that as well as we talk about dc and the future of what they have in store but until then we will see y'all next
1: time yes sir we are our Audi 5000 please check out our 2 Black Panthers Forever collection at TwoBlackNerds.com. and remember always bet on black appreciate y'all love y'all thank you for listening to another episode of 2 Black Nerds where we're too black too nerdy and we out y'all
0: it's, it's really a really
1: cool me that will play with oh. on me, yeah, that's something that I stay with something The Brooklyn bitches, with. they ain't really nothing to play with yeah. Bitches steady chatting, when I run down, she ain't say shit My head is gonna bank quick, fuck around and get dangerous yeah. Bitches acting no. like bimbos, song for bitching my timboes Hoes, no, I ain't playing games, no